enjoying the show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you, yes, you in the game. Coming up on today's show, deep breath please, Nate Burleson, Marcel Darius, Josh Scobie, no, Josh Lambo, different Josh, kicker, also of the Jaguars. Uh, we've got Brent Selleck coming up, a little bit of Fred Taylor as well, maybe some Kay Adams, who knows, we'll throw it all in. This is the Grenade Show. Uh, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips getting you. Yes, you. In that game, we were chatting with Ben Mortimer earlier ahead of the trip, which is only two weeks away. It really is. It's crept up so fast. Uh, so excited. But we were going over all the logistics, the games we're going to. It's going to be absolutely cracking. If you want to go and watch football or any other sport in America, Ben is your man. Touchdown Trips. Go visit him there on social, online, etc., etc. Google it. You'll find it. Yeah. Or use Ecosia if you are eco-friendly. They're on Twitter. Follow the links. You cannot fail to find them if if you're looking for them. So, third London game of the season coming up this weekend. As you know, myself and Ollie Hunter will be doing it live on TalkSport 2. From midday, six straight hours of coverage from Wembley. An hour and a half of build-up with loads of great interviews. Ollie's going to be chatting to cheerleaders and to Fred Taylor and to all sorts of people uh, in the tailgate, uh, fans, etc. I'll be in the stadium with the magical, wonderful, great Paolo Bandini, plus a slew of big-name guests joining at the desk, including Ashley Williams. He's going to be coming over for a chat. And you know who's coming to join us for the first quarter? Ashley Williams. What? Uh, Wales is Ashley Williams. Wales, Swansea, Everton, that Ashley Williams. Englishman, found out he was Welsh, now proudly Welsh. Good for you. There we go. That guy. I, I, I hope you're going to say that to him during the third quarter on Sunday, yeah? Yep, will do, yeah. Uh, and do you know who's joining us for the first quarter? Well, I didn't get the email, so no. Only Hey K Adams. No. So uh, I went down to the GM Football Studios on Wednesday, and I sat down with Nate Burleson and with K Adams. We were there to interview Nate. That was the whole thing. We wanted to talk to him about Christian Wade and his conversion from rugby to the NFL. Kick returner seems his most likely position. Tyreek Hill has been the ceiling comparison. And they were like, would you want to talk to anyone else over here? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll talk to Kay Adams. And they gave me 15 minutes with Kay Adams. And she was great. And naturally you charmed her. And she wants to hang out again with you come it come Sunday. wasn't even my suggestion. At the end of the interview, oh, she yeah, went, yeah, what yeah. are you guys doing? I've got it recorded. If you want to listen to it, you can hear it. She said, what are you guys doing Sunday? I was like, well, we've got full live broadcast of the game. So go on air at midday, kick off at one thirty. We're all there till 6. And she went, well, I'm only doing some pre-game stuff because... All those guys like Mooch and uh, Eisen and, and um, whoever else is coming over with that team yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are doing... All those guys, they're all here. Yeah, are doing um, actual commentary of the game. So the Good Morning Football guys are doing the pre-game stuff that they would normally do. But she was like, once I've done the pre-game, I'll come and hang out and do some stuff on air with you. It's like... The offerings come and be on our broadcast, Kay Adams. She's like, yeah, absolutely. So she's going to come and sit with us and, and have a chat about the football. Great. I hope John Jackson's going to be either live streaming it or videoing the What's It out of it. 100%. Yeah. I imagine that is going to happen. Uh, so we've got basically, I mean, interviews-wise from this week, we've spoken to Brent Selick, Fred Taylor, Josh Scobie, Josh Lambo, Marcel Darius. No relation. Kay Adams and Nate Burleson. So we can't really bring you those all in one podcast. I put them all into the system yesterday without the two interviews from training today, and it was 75 minutes already without our ramblings. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough. So, all right, 
But there are stuff that you can cut out of different things, but it would include a lot of production, and it is Friday, <laughs> and I know what you're like. Uh, working hard. Working or hardly hard. working. Yeah, yeah. So we'll bring you some of those this week, but we will have some of the stuff that's kind of forward-relevant after this week, so we'll have more of those interviews coming for you. Because let's be honest, between now and our trip, we're going to be light on interview content. But then on our trip, we're going to be getting in locker rooms, we're going to be chatting to players. It's going to be brilliant. Can't yeah, wait. So, exactly. um, Aaron Rodgers, that's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> Maybe I should... Uh, contact the Packers now. Contact the Packers now. So talk sport with a national broadcaster. We're coming out to the game. I'm Might gonna, do it. I'm going to contact the Packers. They're one of the best teams for setting you up with players. Honestly, they're great. Exactly. By the way, that's Will drinking a can of Coke Zero. Could you hear it rumbling in my belly at the I, end there? I could hear you, oh, hear you oh, slurp it. Yeah, I, I don't have a cough button in this studio. Right, should we get through? Because I've got to go and do my actual job. Let's go and do. Let's go go through all the interviews. You're going to link them all together or put them together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Should we start off before we do that with a little bit of Fred Taylor talking on the one bit of news we wanted to talk about from the show this week, oh, yeah, yeah. which is Malcolm Jenkins ahead of this game this weekend said. I've been watching the game film from this game. I've been watching Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler. How does Colin Kaepernick not have a job? So, I think you spoke to Fred Taylor about this, didn't you, Ollie? I did. Here's what he had to say. One, he's very outspoken. You know, and it it takes a lot to do what he's done. He's put his career, you know, pretty much on the line. Uh, In a lot of different manners, I I would say. Uh, And so did Colin. Colin was a, you know, he was a pretty good player. And uh, he led his team to a Super Bowl, with a, also with an outstanding defense. Uh, what's his ability now today, having not played for, you know, several months? I, I, I'm not sure what they are. Uh, but as a as a fan of the game, I always admired his, his game and his, his style of play. Uh, now, if he's the guy for the Jaguars, I can't answer that question. Is he better than Blake? Um, that's another question that, in my opinion, you know, I can't answer it, answer at the moment simply because uh, two different types of quarterbacks and um, the type of system that the Jaguars are running, you know, that's a system that they try and cater around the different the player strengths. So right now it's a system built for Blake. And uh, Blake, they made a commitment to. So, uh, again, that's Malcolm's opinion. Uh, my opinion would be, you know, uh, I think Colin deserves an opportunity. Uh, at some, at some point, somewhere, I would have thought he would have gotten an opportunity by now, uh, to try out for a team. Uh, is Jacksonville the place? I don't know. But I do know that, uh, there's a very thin layer of ice, very sensitive matter. Uh, uh, in a touchy subject when you're talking about bringing a guy in who's had a lot of media attention. Mm. Uh, a lot of teams consider those type of players or, or, or guys, uh, as bad as it sounds, they consider it a virus because they feel that it'll trickle throughout and ripple throughout the entire team and affect the entire organization. The so they try and avoid that. The community as well, and there are people that would agree and disagree. And, and yeah, and, and it's it's just you're back and forth, back and yeah. forth. But at the very end of the day, um, uh, the purpose, the message was always, uh, in my opinion, clear. But again, uh, it's very touchy to a lot of people 
and you know everybody's going to take from it what they think is right or what they think is wrong and that debate can go on forever News. news Fred Taylor talking <laughs> Colin Kaepernick news heavy news <laughs> big news he got there in the end but uh, I really liked what he had to say uh, by the way what a what a gent he did 20 odd minutes with you didn't yeah. he he was just happy to do it he was, guy. He was having a great time with do, me Ovs. Um, do we want to preview any of this weekend's games like because we are heavy on interviews light on previewing games aren't we I mean we could do a little bit do you just want to run through our our picks I guess did you pick the one last night yeah I picked the Texans last night and they absolutely hammered that downfield offence is looking excellent yeah uh, I mean McCain and Rashad Jones were being absolutely torn apart by uh, Hopkins and Will Fuller well, and Xavier Howard as well did, did not have a good game either He was he's the second coming basically he's he's Miami's version of Harry Winks but Harry Winks who has been brilliant the last three weeks by oh he's the, the saviour of English football yeah though. I know Don't you, you know I that. know you hate how overhyped he is but he has been the last two appearances for Tottenham in that second game for England he has been really good I was with you I didn't I didn't buy into the hype before the last couple of weeks and I'm not ready to quite get to the level that some are but he looks like he could be a special player not having it look Texans beat, beat up on the Dolphins but Will Fuller might be out for the season with a torn ACL so that would be Absolutely. horrendous if that is the case yeah, they, he allows he takes up so much attention when he's playing well and when he was fit so that DeAndre Hopkins can then go and be up against one and a half defenders and still make amazing catches despite a little push off so <laughs> it, it, it's just it, I think that really affects how DeAndre Hopkins will play if Will Fuller's out. And Lamar Miller, have yourself a day. The Dolphins' much vaunted defense from early in the season. Remember, they went three and zero. They're now four and four. Right. So we're literally going to run through the games. They get to the interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll tee them up for you. You give me your thoughts and vice versa. Ping it back. Yeah, man. Eagles at Jags. Do you know what? I know that you think the Jags are going to get a massive beatdown here. Tonked. I think it's going to be closer because of the Jags' experience in London before. But I'm going to take the Eagles. I hope I'm maybe wrong. Maybe by less than a touchdown. I hope I'm wrong. I want a great game. I just don't like what I'm seeing out of the Eagles camp right now. Oh, out of the Jags camp right now, I'm taking the Eagles. Ravens at Panthers. This is a great game. It's a really good game. I like what the Panthers are do. They're a different team at home, and they managed to get the away blues away uh, last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I am taking the Panthers. I like Cam in his own building. I'm going to take the Ravens on the road. I just think their defence is too good. That We're not going to see them giving up a 17-point lead or whatever it was in the fourth quarter. Broncos at Chiefs. We're both taking the Chiefs. Moving on. Browns at Steelers. <laughs> uh, we're both going to take the Steelers. Surely. Yeah, we are. There yeah. we go. Seahawks at Lions. I'm taking the Seahawks in this. I like what the Seahawks have done especially in getting that defense playing better i know it was against a dreadful oakland team they've had a week off getting a little bit healthier on in the running back game as well i'm going to take the seahawks i love the addition of snacks harrison i wonder if it was too close to this weekend to make a big impact seahawks on the road after that great win in london no i'm going to take the lions john i'm going to do it i'm going to back the lions bucks at bengal's uh, you I don't love... even have to analyse it. Just give me a give me a prediction. I'm very aware of your time. Uh, Bengals. Bengals. Jets at Bears. Bears will win that. Ooh, I might take a Jets upset. Why? Because 
Mitchell Trubisky was Blake Bortles North last week, and I don't think they're gonna. Oh, they're gonna get the turnovers, aren't they? Yeah, I'll take the Bears, but I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I don't like it, but I'm still taking them. Washington are in New York to face the Giants. Washington because New York are dreadful. I'm taking the same, although they're gonna be good on Monday Night Football against the 49ers, obviously. Of course, yeah. Colts at Raiders. I think Raiders are the worst team in football. <laughs> I am taking the Colts. Uh, oh, what? And I love the fact that they're the worst team in football because. John Gruden, you are a myth. We've got some bangers in the 9 o'clock. No, wait, we have one, two bangers in the 8 o'clock window and one duffer, 49ers at Cardinals, only three weeks after they last played. Who needs this game again so soon? No one needs this. Actually, the Cardinals are a dreadful team, dreadfully coached, not very good personnel, but I'm still going to take them against the I like 49ers. their defence more than most. I think they'll beat the 49ers at home. Packers at Rams. Do you know what? I'm taking the Packers. And it's not a homer pick. I think they could upset them. They've got Jair Alexander back, who's easily their best cornerback. <laughs> it's bad when it's a rookie, isn't it? Um, I know we were, we were dreadful against the run. That's often corrected the week after. Plus, there's been a bye week. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. Banging game on TalkSport on Sunday well, Night Football. Rams? I'm taking the Rams. I'm not an idiot. Uh, banging game on Sunday <laughs> Night Football <laughs> on TalkSport. That's out of order. <laughs> <laughs> the New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings. They're back at the scene of the miracle in Minneapolis. But I'm going to take the Saints this time. You know what? I'm taking the Vikings. I like that we're going either side on these. If we were doing a longer podcast that wasn't so interview heavy, there'd be some really interesting debates being had here. Oh, uh, you know what? We would be <laughs> going at it. I shouldn't have done three doubles in three days ahead of doing a Wembley game this weekend. What are you doing? I have no idea. What are you doing? I, you I literally and, don't know what day of the week it is. Then you go and promise your wife that you're going to do something when you're <sighs> tired, and and then I've got to go to QPR later. It's just it it just hasn't worked out. The no final one, game. No one has to go to QPR. The final game. Uh, yeah, so the return of John Terry. The abuse that he's going to get. Is oh. Gonna be. Oh, that's going to be great fun. Final game, uh, Patriots at Buffalo, Monday Night Football. Patriots! Yeah, Patriots! What a duffer on Monday Night Football. Uh, Ollie, you, you're going to leave me to link between these games so you can go and get on with your actual job. Uh, between thing. the interviews, yeah. 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 So, I'll ask you now, any final thoughts ahead of Sunday's game at Wembley? I really hope my cold clears up by then. Booze, 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 booze. Talking to the cheerleaders with your little, uh, little coldy voice. It felt a bit mean. It really was mean. I took him down. He's out of order. You're one of the worst people ever. I'll bring you back because we need to get these interviews in. But that's maybe one of the worst things that you've done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Ollie. Uh, see you later, mate. Are you still recording? Yeah, good. I'm leaving that in as well. See you later, buddy. So let's start off with Jags training. To no, let's start with Nate Burleson. I really enjoyed this. Went and did this on Wednesday. Nate, they've just been uh, to the Bohemian Rhapsody premiere on the Tuesday night. We are going to bring Kay Adams in as well because she's so good. But Nate Burleson, we talk some Lions. We talk about the snacks trade. We talk about the wide receiver position. Mine and Ollie's ongoing debate about the three number twos in Detroit. Uh, and uh, and just what a great time they've been having in London. I'm loving it. This is my first time over here. As a player, I had an opportunity to play out here and I was injured a couple of weeks before the trip so of course I had to stay behind and get rehab and that's been eating away at me ever since and then I was blessed enough to 
to get a job at the network and uh, for four years I've just been begging the network like give me an opportunity to go work in London just send me there please like no Nate no and I was working in LA for the first couple years out of football um, out of the headquarters of the network and then I got the job for Good Morning Football and they started whispering about sending us here and I was like please let it come true so now that I'm here, I'm enjoying it. Every night I'm doing something. The, the people are great. The did, food is did incredible. I hear you were out on the red carpet somewhere last night. Purple carpet it was for Hello. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, the movie Queen. And we went out there. We're shaking our tail feather, talking to talk, walking to walk. I dressed to the nines and... It was unbelievable. And later on, I'm going to Savile Row. Sa- oh, hello. I'm so make sure I say it right. Um, you were yeah, dressed the in the nines, but not in a Savile Row suit. Yeah, not in a Savile Row suit. So I might have to go pick one up, depending on how much it costs. Um, to the network. Yeah, yeah. Cover to that. The yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've been experiencing just about everything. I brought my wife. It was my first time. So I'm like, hey, babe, it's going to be your first time. And we're having the time of our lives. No joke. Loving it. And there's that little bit of it as well. It's got to be a cool time of kind of nine or ten in the morning instead of four or five in the morning has got to be just that little bit of joy to that as well helping oh, that jet like this joy to it I mean just <laughs> you know you think about it I moved to New York to take this job for Good Morning Football and it's great and I wake up at 4am and then our show starts at 7 but I'm in New York and I don't get to experience New York I'll probably say I went hard or went all out or I went on a benda as they say here um, maybe about 10 times but you would think living in New York you'd be able to experience it because it's such a a great living and breathing city. I was there two weeks and I think I went out ten times exactly. on a bender. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for me here, like because we get to start later, I get to go out and it's ten p.m. and I, I'm not worried about how much sleep I'm going to get. And and that for that reason alone, it just makes everything that much better. Like the drinks taste that much better and the food is that much more delicious. And it's just the people in the environment at night, it's, it's alive, man. And who, I love who from the team tears it up. Is it Kay? Um, Kay doesn't really. She's she's like she's like a phantom. She like comes in and out. She doesn't really go hard as much as the boys do. She does, but she doesn't do it around us. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the boys, though, the three musketeers, we get together and it's it's old <laughs> chaps just having a good time. And it's funny because we're all pretty much strangers, but because we kind of really like each other, like having that vibe together. Anytime us three or us four go out, it's always a good time. It's really funny to me because obviously the coaches and players who come over uh, mixed feelings on it, and the ones who come out and win are obviously positive. About it, and right. the ones don't you know? You hear Gruden a couple of weeks ago, John Harbaugh last season. Right. They say it's the worst thing ever, but when you've come here and lost, right. you can kind of understand think, why. Think about the Seahawks and, and Gruden. Like Seahawks, are like we're gonna get there early, we're gonna have a good time. How often do you have a chance to go to London? Great attitude. Gruden, like, well, you know, I just forgot to fly out the day before. What? Wait, that's how you get your arse kicked. Seriously. I mean, that's the difference with that Seahawks team, I felt like. The whole way they approached it. When we got in that locker room after the game, we were chatting to guys. They were, you know, it was all, it's less for, it's, it's no coach. It's Pete said we were coming out on Wednesday. Yeah, Pete, like we one of the boys, out. right? Like, yeah, exactly. And they, but they approached the whole thing. Yes, it's a business trip, but actually they had some fun with it they enjoyed themselves right. and you could see it on the field and right. you could see it afterwards and they get to go into that buy on a high and that's it's it. a massive difference compared with where a lot of teams come out of London right listen you gotta enjoy it it's an experience you know and as a player I'll tell you the way I looked at it is I wasn't much of a world traveler before I was able to. You know, of course, a kid may cross the border and go to Mexico for spring break. Um, or go jump up across the border in Canada because I'm from Seattle, so Vancouver is close. But once I had the, the resources to travel around the world, um, I wanted to immediately. Uh, take me as many places as you can go. And if there's a vehicle like football, the NFL, that's going to pay for it and, and take me there, 
damn right I'm going to be with it. 100%. Uh, did, do you find, because obviously you knew the guys who were on your team that came out here when you stayed back, and I mean, the Lions came out the year after you were here, so you've yep. known guys on that team. What, yep. what was the feedback from p- players that you knew who came out and played here and what they felt about it from a playing perspective? It was great. It was great. The players enjoyed it. Uh, the relatives enjoyed it. It's two different perspectives for um, the players. It's the guys that are married or family men are like, yo, it was a great family vacation. I'm glad that my kids got to experience some different type of foods, different type of people, different type of culture, which is great. I mean, I have three little ones, and as soon as we landed, as soon as we landed, we looked around. We're not even out of the airport yet, and I told my wife, we have to bring the kids next year, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to make London a family experience. But then there's the guys that aren't married and they're single <laughs> and they're ready to mingle. And I'm like, yo, yo, how was London? And they're like, yeah, London, they love some Americans. <laughs> Them girls out there, they love Americans. You know what I'm saying? And that's two different guys talking. Don't let a black dude who's never been out of California start talking. <laughs> or a black dude who's never been out of Florida. They're like, yo. Them London girls like some chocolate too, you know what I'm saying? So like these conversations would crack me up because I'm sitting there like, what, huh? You went where and did what? All right, cool. So for me, it was just positive. It was positive reactions to the trip. So I haven't met too many guys that came back from London and was like, man, I hated playing football internationally and getting love from fans all over the world. Like you sound ridiculous. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about playing particularly kick returning as well as wide receiver because I don't know if you'll have followed this story there's a guy who plays rugby union right now called Christian Wade who plays for um, uh, the London Wasps one of our teams here and this guy is super explosive he has the bet like he can cut like you wouldn't believe like Mm. he's got all of these highlight tries or equivalent of touchdowns where he's just making guys miss in open field tackles breaking tackles and he's probably only about 5'8 but right. he's stocky. It's okay. So is Tyreek Hill. So, well, that's the ceiling, obviously. I mean, right. Tyreek Hill is, that's the high, high, high point. But he has decided to, because he's not getting into the England setup, right. he's going to give NFL a try, part yeah. of his international player pathway program. Giving up being a top guy in a sport that pays him pretty well right. to give the NFL a crack. Do the raw abilities. Is that enough for him to be able to get out there and do it? Or how long do you think it's going to take him to learn the, the mental side of a different sport? Uh, well, if, you're, if you want to be a, a specific like returner, punt returner, kickoff returner, it's not as hard as learning the wide receiver position or learning the quarterback position or even safety or linebacker position because those positions, you have to know what your task is along with everybody else in front of you, along with the 11 guys on the opposite side of you. But when you're returning, which I was, um, you're basically going right or left or middle. And guys have specific lanes that you're supposed to pick through, but there has to be a little bit of creativity along with that. The reason I love punt returns and kickoff returns is because it's the most beautiful, most chaotic, most poetic playing football. And, and that's the main reason why I can appreciate rugby because it seems like most of the plays, me having somewhat of a lack of understanding about the, the, the small details of the sport, I know that once the ball is in your hand, of course there's game plan and there's guys that are behind you, in front of you, and there's certain things that you have to do. But there's a bit of chaos where it's going to go rogue. It's going to go off script. And that's what punt return is. So if you have that raw athletic ability, you can catch the ball, track it. You can track the guys that are on your team, also the defenders trying to tackle you, and then find the windows. And if those windows are closed, what do you do next? If you have that, you can make it. And, and I have no doubt in my mind that he can make it. I mean, the ball's a little bit smaller. Um, you have pads on you, a little bit more protected. 
to be honest, I find that it might be a tad bit easier coming here. The difficulty of doing it um, in a rugby game, for me, it, it's it's something that people don't show enough respect for. So, yeah, if he has the raw talent, it's going to be one of those individuals that will come in and immediately translate. Because guys don't, guys don't have that gift off. There's a gift to return, and there's a little bit of crazy you have to have <laughs> to return. So if he can do that, there's guys that are on football teams that are returning right now on all the NFL teams there's probably a handful of guys that are starting returns that would rather not be doing it but there's individuals that embrace it and says i'm gonna catch this ball the 11 guys trying to tackle me have no idea where i'm going if i get one lane i'm scoring and that's what i thought every time i touched it and because of that during the time i did it i was one of the top guys in the league i want to ask about one of your former teams the lions as well because we just had the news this morning they traded for snacks harrison right, right, right. giants having just a fire sale right. at this point get rid of of the everything. Year right. getting rid of all that talent and get all those contracts starting off from right. scratch essentially but from a Lions perspective, it's been yeah. a, ve- a roller coaster of a season. No question. But it feels like you've seen enough out of Kerry on Johnson, enough out of the offense right. that there could be something there. It yeah. feels like a massive signing. To yeah, me. things are starting to make sense all of a sudden. In the beginning, it, it seems like everybody's calling for Matt Patricia's name. They're like, take that pencil out here and snap it over your leg. But uh, what they're looking like now, three and three record, that doesn't look that impressive. But they're one and zero within the division, so they still have very important games coming up, and they got some strong quarterback talent that they're playing. They got Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. They got the Rams coming. Panthers are coming with Cam Newton. So to get snacks on that defensive line, obviously they're gearing up to get after some quarterbacks. And if you can get after quarterbacks and give Matt Stafford more time with that arm and those wide receivers, along with Carryon Johnson, who's coming along as one of the young premier running backs in this league, the Lions might be one of those teams that all of a sudden December, like wait, wait, wait a minute, the Lions are in the playoffs. They are that good, and they're stacking up to be that. Uh, you played with maybe the ultimate number one guy in Calvin yeah. Johnson. Yeah. And Randy Moss. It's, yeah, I mean, okay. That's, yeah. Okay. Crazy, right? Two of, like, the top five all time. Right. Maybe top At three. At the wide receiver that's, position, that's right. That's pretty impressive. No question. Um, the... I'm intrigued with that Lions receiving call. We got into this argument, me and Ollie, my, uh, yeah. my co-host the other yeah. day. They have three guys who are all very, very talented in, in Tate, in, uh, in Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones and, and in, in uh, the young guy. Yeah, Galladay. Yeah, right? uh, Kenny Galladay. And, but it feels like they're almost three number complimentary twos. guys. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Three number twos, right? is, is three number twos better than a, a number one and a bunch of other guys like maybe they have with Dez in, in Dallas or something like that? Yes. 100%. Three number twos is much better than having one individual that is just a standout superstar. Because once you look for the number two, number three, number four wide receivers, as you label them, to step up, they haven't been in that opportunity, they haven't been in that position. You look at Dez, and the, they had to have this makeshift wide receiver group who I said, somebody, step up. It's your opportunity. Dez is going, Witten's going, step up. Nobody stepped up. They had to go trade for Mario Cooper, give up a first-round draft pick because nobody was able to step up because that wasn't familiar territory to them. Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, even young Galladay. Galladay, maybe not so much, but Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, they feel like number ones. You can't tell them they're not. And the way they play like it, they'll put up 1,000 yards in a season. Everybody's like, oh, snaps, they got 2,000-yard receivers, and Galladay's coming right behind them. So the, the, the trick to having, uh, not having a true number one is that the guys that you do have in your roster all think they're number one guys. Finally, this weekend, what do you reckon is going to happen, Jags Eagles? <laughs> you know, I, I say the Eagles because they're a better team, but I feel like the Jags have had enough. Enough is enough. You're supposed to be the badass defense, right? We'll go out there and prove it. Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off. 
Taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park, it's Daphne from accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from health and safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Nate Burleson, let's head to the NFL UK offices on Thursday then. You already heard from Fred Taylor. Uh, We will have uh, interviews. We can do the extended interview with Fred Taylor. It's 20 minutes and it's really good. So we might bring you that at a later date. And we've also got uh, a bit of Josh... Scobie action. I've really got to stop confusing the two kickers as I'm going to say Scobie instead of Lambo when we're doing the game on Sunday. Um, Ollie uh, and I spoke with Brent Selick, Super Bowl winning tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, here's our chat. Delighted to uh, to be joined by former tight end of the Philadelphia... Sorry, Super Bowl champion. Okay, that sounds better. That sounds of better. the Philadelphia Eagles, Brent Selick. Do, do you demand at all times that people refer to you as Super Bowl champ? Nah, just when I'm in London. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you literally just got in this morning, am I right? So how are you Six feeling o'clock. right now? I'm feeling okay. I tried to sleep on the plane, but the, man, we were, we were on a huge plane, double-decker. Seven, I think it's 747. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I'm terrible. The Airbus, I know it's those ones with the two floors. but Yeah. Um, so whatever it was. But I figured huge planes, turbulence doesn't affect the huge planes. This one, we had some serious turbulence. Rough. So I couldn't sleep. I was in a full sweat. Oh, so in, so I, this, if you just need a nap halfway through this, you just yep, let I'll us just know. fall asleep. We'll just... Carry on and chat amongst ourselves. Right, cool. Um, how have you been enjoying retirement so far? It's been good. Uh, I've been keeping myself busy. Uh, I've gone into selling real estate, and so I, I have my own uh, brokerage, mortgage, and title company. Is that something you thought about and set up in advance of, yes. like, with retirement in mind? Yes. I, I I feel like I've got that entrepreneurial spirit, and when I was probably like five years into the NFL. Uh, I started a few of my own businesses, and ultimately those businesses led me to real estate, and I love real estate, and so it's something that I'm probably going to do from now to the day I die, um, whether that's selling, developing, um, you know, building for myself, uh, I just like it. Because I always find it intriguing with like, you always talk about how the, the average length of a, an NFL career is less than three years and a yeah. lot of guys are in and out of the league, never make it past that first contract. Are you ever talking to the young players being like, don't go buying that Maserati, that whatever, like you need to make sure that you are set up beyond that because you've obviously thought about that. Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing. I think, uh, I think that's another reason why I love real estate too is because for these young guys, when they come in, it's not necessarily good for them to to buy something where they're playing, potentially, just because uh, they could be traded. It's like, what do you do with that? But I always try to encourage them to get, like, you know, one rental property wherever they know the real estate. Like, if their hometown, they know, you know, oh, this pocket 
is a really good area to own something or or this area is a great spot um, to try to buy something small learn about the business see if you like it if you like it you know you can get slowly ease yourself into it if not you do something else but um, to start with you know one small rental unit um, it can get you started and yeah. over time you can build you can really build wealth with real estate uh, was there ever when you got to like June July and you saw teams returning to training camp that little pang of that you wanted to be out there or was there maybe a little bit of no. <laughs> training camp well you know like oh what you've done god for I was like years. I woke up every morning I was like this is amazing what, is, <laughs> what was I doing for 11 years um, I miss the guys. I miss waking up, going in there, and and joking with the guys. You know, when you're in an NFL locker room, guys come in with a bad attitude, and they're getting crushed. Like guys are all over them, and you better just switch your attitude right now, or you're gonna just they're gonna eat you alive like vultures, man. Um, so I do miss that part of it, but I don't miss the physical beat down of your body you know how you feel after six games and then you're like dude i got 10 more um did, did, did you ever nearly sign for another team after the eagles released you was there ever like consideration of coming back to the league somewhere else yeah yeah i, I told teams my price and it got to a point where they came to my price and then i was like uh I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes I you panicked. need that, though, don't you? You need that ultimatum. It's now or never. And yeah, and honestly, I, so I try to get my mindset ready for going back and playing, and to play for another team after playing for one team for 11 years, winning the Super Bowl. I just started getting like a little depressed. I don't know how that sounds, but I, I really was mentally i was just like if i go play for another team what happens when i come back how, you know how do people feel what it, and i was like you know what this is stupid what am i doing i already have a business set up uh in real estate let me just go into that full time these fans have given me everything i got now i this is my time to give back and start a business in this community and, and look, give it all I got. Jerome Bettis, Peyton Manning, Brent Selleck. You get to be one of those guys. And Jerome Bettis rode was off my into idol. The, yeah. So to be able to do the same thing Jerome Bettis did, was that's a dream come true. But ride off into the sunset. Um, I think the only thing I wanted to know about the Super Bowl is that did you ever run the Philly Philly? And what's wrong with your arm? Why have we got Trey Burton in there doing it? Dude, I know. Well, Trey was a quarterback in college, yeah. even though he probably only threw for 100 yards. Um we ran that play probably four or five times before we ran it in the Super Bowl, and uh, he never threw a good ball except for the time he, <laughs> it was in the Super Bowl. He threw a perfect. So the first time we ran it, the way these special plays when you when they put these plays in, you'll run them in practice. Uh, sometimes the whole season. Uh, this for this one we put it in like the last week of the regular season and so we ran it like once a week every week up into the Super Bowl and so in the tight end room we would always just be like dude Trey this play's coming like Super Bowl <laughs> you're throwing a touchdown in the Super Bowl and he would be like oh come on man that you know that ain't happening they don't even call these plays and they'll, literally there'll be plays that you run and they don't call like I, th I felt like I had some good plays in the game plan that they just never called in the Super Bowl, so I didn't get it. Um, 
but they called it right time, perfect play. It was good, man. It was good. Great throw by Trey. It, it, isn't it amazing that I always find that able to raise your game in that moment is the sign of a great athlete, though, because I can remember talking to um, guys in the Patriots locker room after that Super Bowl when Malcolm Butler got the inception on the, on the one-yard line. And Jimmy Garoppolo was saying, we ran that play. We saw that that was their goal line play. We ran it 50 times with the practice squad, and Malcolm didn't pick me off once. He does it once in the Super Bowl, gets the ball, we win the game. Like, it's amazing when you get that one moment that yeah. someone can just elevate and make it happen it's on just, that stage. It's just the focus and determination. Um, yeah. Some people, I think, in those situations, they think about the crowd. They, they start thinking about everything else instead of their job. All you got to think about is your job. And if all 11 guys on the field are thinking about doing their job and focused on what they're going to do with their left foot, what they're going to do with their right foot, where they're going to place their hands, um, you're going to be successful. You did You did have one incredible block in that game when you sprung LeGarrette Blunt for, for the touchdown. Mm. And there we've seen three or four tight ends in the league right now. I think the obvious examples are Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, but, but guys coming through like George Kittle. There was this idea that tight end had become a pass-catching position. Mm-hmm. Actually, the kind of dual threat guys who do both are really starting to get back and take the league by storm again. With, I mean, with offenses like we saw in Philly last year where you're doing all sorts of heavy sets, extra running backs in, and loads of movement on the line. So tight end position, it's it's exciting one to watch at the moment. Yeah, I think yeah, I love watching Kelsey, uh, his attitude, everything he brings. I love watching Gronk, Ertz. Um, tight end is just a position where you got to be able to do everything. And I know coming into the NFL, like Zach Ertz, for example, he didn't like blocking. Um, It wasn't something that he ever really had to do. Uh, But he taught himself and he worked his butt off to to be a good blocker. And Zach is a really good blocker now. And I think as he gets older, he's just going to become a better blocker. Um, When I first came into the league, I thought I was a good blocker. And then they used me as a pass catcher more. And when you start catching those passes, I think sometimes you think, I don't have to block as much. I'm I'm making plays in the pass game. Um, But that's not the case. You know, you got to – to be a complete tight end, you got to be able to help in the run game. Because to me, the run game is more important than anything. You can run the ball, it opens everything else up. Do you – for Zach, do you think he is someone who can be right up in that – that top tier of guys because he's shown real flashes of it but maybe isn't talked about when you talk about those top two three guys quite yet i think he will be this year with the way his stats are this year um the things he's doing i've been watching him all season the routes he's running he he looks superb um he's just got to stay healthy and keep doing what he's doing and he's gonna be good what do you think the Eagles coming into London three and four? You know, we're excited to be getting the, the Super Bowl champions in town, but it's been a roller coaster of a season so far. What, what do you think has changed since February or gone wrong since February, and in air quotes, that, that has put them in this position? Well, they're a really good football team, man. They're a really good football team. And they're two or three plays away from being five and two, six and one. But they're not, they're three and four. Um, they didn't make those plays. And so they got to start making those plays this week. Uh, the time's running out for them. Um, but to me, a, a great foundation for a team is having a great offensive line, a great defensive line, and a great quarterback. And they got it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so they're set up for success, not only you know this year, but many years to come if everyone stays healthy. Um, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I know they've got there's some continuation there with Mike Grow coming through as the wide receiver coach now taking over, but losing so much of that coaching room that that put on something special throughout January, like the way that that came together, the aggression, uh, losing Frank Reich, losing John Filippo. Do you think that has had a really big impact on the team? Maybe a little bit um, from a game plan standpoint, but I think those guys are really good at what they do. Um, you know, Doug's still the same one calling plays. To me, it comes down to the offense and defensive coordinator because you're really putting your guys in position to make the plays. If you got a bad offensive coordinator or a bad defense coordinator, I don't care if you have the best players in the world out there, uh, all-star team, you're not going to be set up for success and they're not going to succeed. And so it's those coaches that call plays um, that set you up for success, put you in the right position to make a play. Um, Those are the teams that are usually successful. And I think being around Doug, Doug is the best offensive play caller I've ever been around. And so – I think he's doing a good job of calling plays. I've, I've watched the team this year. They're doing a good job of calling plays. They just got to be able to run the ball a little bit better, in my opinion. That's it. There's a health issue there. I mean, JHI, for as much as he's obviously loved over here, in and out of the team, now out of the team on an ongoing basis. That could be a move they make potentially before that trade deadline this week. Seen a lot of trades already this week. Yeah. A running back is something that they could potentially really do with. I think. I think – not having LeGarrette Blunt has hurt a little bit just because at the end of games, when LeGarrette Blunt, six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds, is running at you, he's hard to tackle. Yeah, you don't, you don't want that if you're on the other side of the ball. Especially when you're tired. And I've never seen a guy keep his legs churning like that guy. So um yeah, they 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 need somebody to step up and, and start pounding some people. Uh, finally just on Carson Wentz, because I think we're starting to see there's been development this year. He's been getting better as it's gone on. Obviously, come back from a horrible injury like that. It's going to take time. But I was going into the year. This is kind of a debate and an ongoing argument. That I would rather have Carson Wentz than almost any other quarterback in that kind of one to three year range that he's in right now that's come into the league. Oh, yeah. Pat Mahomes, maybe. But Carson Wentz, just for as a pocket guy, I love him. Is there a... What's he like as a leader in the locker room? What's he been like? How's he developed over the few couple of years that you were working with him? He's a great leader, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, coming in as a rookie, you could tell he had it, like day one. Um, it was just the energy about him, how he feels about his teammates, how he interacts with his teammates, how he goes about his business every single day. He's different. Um, and his, his biggest thing he just needs to do is stay healthy. Uh, but he's got, he's got all everything else. He's got the ability – He's mentally, he's got it. You know, he's he was in there his second year, telling guys like, "Listen, cover two. You're, I, I'm thinking you're running the route like this. You know, what do you think?" So he thinks about all those little details, and he's always trying to put that receiver in the right position to make a play. Like he's always thinking of all the little intricacies that you always hope a quarterback's thinking about, but most of the time they're usually not. Um, but he's got it, man. The, the, the key for this season, I think, it's a 3-4 and four record. It's been a tough start, but 1-0 in that division. The NFC's crown is still there to claim. It's all very up and down at the moment. So just finally, what are those 
NFC East games like we get them on TV a lot but what are they like to play in is that rivalry as big as you know NBC Fox whoever want to sell it to it as oh those NFC East games are physical uh, ever since I started playing with the Eagles I never knew you always see Dallas versus the Eagles or Giants versus the Eagles Redskins versus the Eagles and you never realize the intensity that goes into it but I mean it's those are intense games more than any of the other games that you're playing all year but then once you get into the playoffs I think it turns up another notch and then you get in the Super Bowl turns up even another notch but I like it as the further you get because the rest let you play these refs got to start letting these guys play I, football. I tell you, the, the difference in that Super Bowl, we were calling the game and watching it. It felt like there was stuff that earlier in the year you were getting constantly little yeah. attack things. And in the Super Bowl, it was happening. You were, like, like you say, it was being they, allowed to pl- be played. And I just don't see why we don't get that all year round, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, they let you play. Um, and I guarantee you, coming into this year's Super Bowl, those refs are going to let them play too. Um I don't think the NFL wants tons of flags in the Super Bowl. But I don't want tons of flags right now. I, and I'm a firm believer this whole, like, hitting thing on the quarterback, like, if you have a free run at the quarterback, you should have from his shoulders to his, you know, kneecaps and hit him as hard as you want. Land on him. Do whatever you need to do. But That's coming from a tight end as well. That's not coming from a, a defensive end or an outside yeah, linebacker I mean, or... I just think these some of these plays are changing the game, man. But I think we already saw it this weekend. There was a hit on Baker Mayfield that you felt like in week one would have been called that wasn't. And he got up and turned around and was like, is that not a flag? It's like, no, it was just physical. It well, was I just hope football. They, uh, yeah, I hope they tone it down a little bit because uh, some of those flags are changing games. And, um, yeah, quarterbacks should be able to get hit. They get paid a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Take a hit every now and again. Please. <laughs> so the paycheck looks like it's worth it. <laughs> right, really good fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And, yeah, I hope you adjust to the uh, the time difference because uh, today he's going to get tired. But. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Brent Selleck of the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl winning tight end now. Real estate mogul, as you heard. Uh, let's finish off going to Jags training on Friday. Josh Peacock and John Jackson were there for Gridiron, and they caught up with Marcel Darius and Josh Lambeau. Hey, it's Marcel Darius with the Jacksonville Jaguars, defensive tackle. How you all doing? How was the flight over? Pretty smooth. Um, got me a nap, relaxed for the most part, got over here. I'm a little jet lag, but at the same time, it's not too bad. We're good. And how how do you battle jet lag? Because I mean, we we went over to Minnesota obviously in February, um, mm-hmm. and John and me decided to do the whole athlete thing of going straight into the gym. And, <laughs> uh, and and I had to pick John up off of one of the benches because I saw him falling asleep as we were. <laughs> that that sounds like what we were doing earlier today. We started off with meetings. Um, after meetings, we just kind of kept going throughout the day. So we had breakfast, checked in. It's been nonstop moving. We're we're here now, steady going at it. So. Man, I'm feeling the jet lag big time, big bro. So do, does it start kicking after practice? Obviously, you've done some kind of uh, more intense stuff. Now you're starting to feel. Yeah, I got the blood going. I feel like I got my second win now. I'm, I'm okay. So obviously it worked a little bit. So let's see how the rest of the day goes. And, and what was breakfast? Um, I, had a, I had ham. They had a big, big roasted ham. I'm like, I've never seen a big, big piece of ham like this for breakfast. I have to get a piece of it. 
So um, I had that, scrambled eggs, some cereal, man. It's pretty good. So full English over American, right? Well, I had American cheese with my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I move on to this weekend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Jags fan. He's a Jags fan. Things obviously haven't been amazing these last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's going on in that locker room in terms of looking ahead now and, and thinking about, obviously, the record going forward for the season? Um, just looking forward ahead and I was just it's just getting things on the same page getting an understanding for what the coaches are asking and getting an understanding of what we have to do um, just the small minor details of corrections can make all the difference um, right now we're, fa- we're battling that like we're battling that the past couple of weeks and we're going to see if we make some adjustments and see if they work this week and who are the big leaders in that I mean I would imagine you're, you're one of them Calais maybe another yeah um, Malik Jackson, of course. Um, Yannick. Our whole front, our whole defense, our whole offense, everything about the whole game, every, our whole group is hugely important. Um, we need everybody to do their jobs at this point. Um, we got to dig ourselves out of this, this, this hole we need to put ourselves in. Um, and really trying to focus on those little things because everything's break down at one point of the game. We're trying to put together a full solid 60 minutes and see what we can do. So obviously the, the division's still wide open at this point in time. Mm-hmm. No one's really making a big play for that division. And when I look at obviously the fact ten and six last year got the Jaguars all the way to the AFC Championship, mm-hmm. suddenly things might not look so bad in terms of where where it stands at the moment at Green Foot. Of course, um, football is. I say I tell people all the time, the football is shaped funny and it has funny bounces. Sometimes it just don't bounce your way, even though everything looks fun, everything looks good. So. Just really putting that stuff together. Um, not really thinking too much about what has happened. And we're in full control moving forward. And all we have to do is continue to maximize getting those little things corrected. I'm pretty sure we'll be okay. We'll be fine. You just got to plan the rest of it out. For sure. And it, so has that been the focus this week, just changing oh, yeah. little elements? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it looks small, but it's just a complete picture we're trying to make look like a masterpiece. Okay, yeah. and, and obviously Sunday... Jags against uh, well champion Eagles. Yeah, they're obviously not started. You know how they ended last season, shall mm-hmm. we say? Um, so to to me on paper, it seems it could be closer than what other people are saying. Um, what I want to know is is where do you guys see it from the defensive side this game? I mean, individually as a de- from the defensive side, we're just looking at it as something that we have to focus into. Um, we have to play close attention to their formations and what they're doing. The coach really does a lot with their offense. He have a lot looking like a cert. He have a lot of plays looking like the same thing, but they're in different formations and different personnel. So it kind of gives you a little confusing way of looking at the game. But um, we got to stay on our toes and be sharp and knowing the personnel and knowing what's going on, knowing who's out there and who's not out there to have a better understanding of what play is coming up. Okay. And obviously as well, as, as we go forward, starting to think about defining points of the season and when a season may be turned round or when a season starts to become, uh, a game week becomes very important within the season. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're in London, does it feel like this could be the turning point? Different environment maybe, start to start to turn the season round into a positive one? Um, past couple of years, Jags been playing great here mm-hmm. and this can be a turning factor, if not a major boost in the right direction. Um... I mean, the crowd, the fans, the people, the energy. Um, we needed that little getaway to just kind of 
refocus ourselves and come back to what we know and what we're trying to play the best we can play at. So we're trying to see. And how have you been received so far when you landed in the airport bits this morning? Um, gracefully. We came in gracefully. Everything was smooth. Everybody's smiling faces and happy to see us and we're ready to ball out. Excellent. Right. Moving on. If I could just finish with a, about a minute of your time, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to start a series uh, with teammates, mm-hmm. literally. So a few kind of funnier, not so NFL-centric questions uh, okay. for you to answer. Maybe if you answer them, just give me your reasons as to why. Would that be all right? No problem. Okay, so uh, who's the hardest trainer in the team? Hardest trainer? Yeah. Hmm, someone in the training room? Uh, yeah, as in who works the hardest, yeah. Oh, someone the hardest? Yeah, yeah. Whew. That's a good question because um, everyone works so hard. It's hard for me to. It has to be between Telvin Smith and Yannick Ngwakwe. It's it's between those two. And moving on, so it's slightly different. Who's the best dancer? Oh, me of course. Of course. What's your signature move? Uh, it's not really a signature move. It's wherever I'm feeling, man. And I don't know what. It just starts to look good and it starts to flow. Hey, I can't complain about it. You got the rhythm. I got, I got, I can tell. I got the bounce, man. <laughs> I got the bounce. Who's DJ at practice? Um, Miles Jack, Miles Jack DJs and Telvin Samuel. And uh, would you give me a, a wannabe quarterback? Who is um, Blake or, or Cody? You said who? Who? What? Who would be? Who? Who's a court? Who? Who wishes they were quarterback and isn't? Me. <laughs> Why is this? I mean. I mean, I don't play quarterback. I never played quarterback. I don't. I, I can't really fully understand what he's looking at, but I do got a good understanding of what he's getting presented. So I just feel. I just feel like, damn. If I was quarterback, not just with the Jaguars, or if I was any quarterback, I just feel like I see things that they don't see, or they may see, or may see closing and may not be able to get there. So. It'll be, it'll be fun to see if I can fit the ball in those windows. And I don't think you're going to go down easy, Marcel. No, 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 no. <laughs> I go down like a mountain. <laughs> Who eats the most in the team? Uh, they would probably say me. <laughs> to be honest, they'll probably throw it back on me. What, what would be your food of choice? What's your big food of choice? Mm, I could eat a whole pot of oxtails and rice and beans. Planting. I love Caribbean food. Yep. And, um, oh my God, that all oh, lasagna. Yeah. Go crazy. There's lasagna up in there. I think that people are big fans of. Hmm. I <laughs> bet. Want to go get some? <laughs> I bet. I don't think I have time right now, but I'm definitely gonna slide some in. And who, here's a funny one to finish. And who's the longest in the shower? Hmm. Calais. Calais. He's like the last person to take his clothes off to get ready. He's, la- he's not the last one in the show. He just, he politicking, talking to everybody. Mike Clears, man, what are you doing? But that's how Clears work. He just take his time. He's not in a rush. He chill. It's John Jackson here at the Saracens training ground for Talk Sports, speaking to the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, Josh Lambeau. Josh, how's it feel to be in the UK? It's nice to feel a little bit of fall. It's still pretty warm in, in Florida, so <laughs> I'm enjoying the weather here. But I, I love Europe. I love coming to London. Uh, really, really really happy to be here it must be a big shock because like I, I actually went to bed last night looking on instagram and you guys were getting on the plane in what is a tropical climate right and now you, you must have landed this morning come straight here to train uh yeah we were at the hotel for a little bit this morning um but no no rest for the wicked we grinded and came straight to work so 
now a big sleep I'd imagine straight away now uh, I'm going to try and hold off till this evening <laughs> okay look we've got to talk about soccer because um, am I right in thinking this will be the first time you play at Wembley Stadium yes first time uh, I've played either sport at Wembley so. people might not know that you, you you once nearly signed for Everton in the UK yeah. playing soccer playing football here um, how did that all come about um, so I've been about as tall as I am now since I was about 13 years old <laughs> so uh, you know I got a lot of attention from a younger age played youth internationals um, and uh, my goalkeeper coach growing up was also Tim Howard's goalkeeper coach who then introduced me to Tim's agent and then that all kind of happened that way I trained with Everton when they uh, had a summer tour in the States I trained with them in, in Dallas and uh, impressed them enough to have them call me back that, uh, that winter went back, offered me a contract uh, David Moyes offered me a contract on my 16th birthday but I uh, didn't have my EU paperwork yet so got it through Greece later that year came back for another trial saw that i hadn't grown and uh, they're like six foot at 16 awesome six foot at 17 no thanks and then and then you obviously switched to, to a different sport and now you're getting to play at wembley stadium but just not in the sport that you ever thought you probably would play at wembley stadium in yeah yeah just playing in a helmet instead of goalie gloves that's all right you got more protection um <laughs> when, when you sort of run out onto the field on sunday how is that moment going to feel for you as a former soccer player? Is that is that you know because it is the home of football? It's be a special moment. Yeah, I'm anticipating it being a little bit emotional for me. Thankfully, I get to go out pretty early. Uh, I do kind of a, a warm up before my warm up, so hopefully, I'll be able to get all the kind of jitters out there. But uh, it'll be a special day for uh, for me, and um, you know, not very many people get to say that they play there, and uh, it'll be a huge honor. And you're still a young guy as well, you know. If you never know, you might actually be the first person in, that I know of to represent, uh, to play at Wembley Stadium, American football, UK football, soccer. It might happen. Who knows? You never know. And um, we've got to talk about fashion briefly. Um, we're big fans of your fashion. You wear a hat like no other man that, we, that we've seen. Um, do you plan this, or is this just something that falls together? Um, yeah, my grandfather, uh, my dad, he always used to wear a fedora. Um, never leave a hat, or never leave the house without a hat in his head. And so that's just kind of a style I've adopted. I have some of his old hats, and um, yeah, fedora is just kind of a part of my look now. And, you know, if you ever get called to do interviews like this, you're always looking sharp. I mean, yeah, look good, feel good, play good. That's the way. Um, finally, I saw a tweet this morning. The first thing you did when you got to the UK is you played Fix You by Coldplay. Oh. Um, it, says on your, it says on your bio, bio on Twitter that you're a big music fan. Yeah. Um, why Coldplay when you think of the UK and London? Uh, when I first started coming over here for, uh, for soccer, Coldplay was maybe in their prime and I was listening to them and uh, so every time I come over here now it's just kind of what I think of I kind of get the feels to listen to them I had put on Mumford and Sons ni- uh, 1975 um, Hosier yeah whenever I'm here I listen to British music this is all very chill back music have you got like a hype track that you listen to when just before the game uh, I'll put on some EDM before the game to kind of get me hyped a little bit but my position isn't really one where I need to be super hyped I need to stay kind of calm and in the zone but um, I don't know a little dance never hurt anybody Coldplay is where it's at. Josh Lambeau, thank you very much and good luck on Sunday. Thank you, cheers. Marcel Darius and Josh Lambeau. Well, that was it, our interview-heavy gridiron show. I hope you enjoyed it thoroughly. Please go and rate us and review us on iTunes. We do love it ever so much when you do. Go to Touchdown Trips to check out the latest from there. And, of course, let's get the latest odds now with our friends at redzonesports.bet. Uh, so joining us now on the line to take a look at this weekend's TV games from our friends at redzonesports.bet. Hey, Waza, how you going? Not too bad, Will. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you very well indeed. Now, I said the TV games. Hadn't actually cleared this with you before we started. We're including Eagles Jags on this, right? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It's uh, it, it's the main TV game, isn't it? It's the game that uh, 
all well, London's getting excited about. So. I think we should call it. We should be calling it the radio game because the main place you want to be paying attention to this is with me and Ollie live on Talk Sport, of course. Oh, of course. Can you can you get any better coverage than yours? No, absolutely not. <laughs> have, have I done? Am I getting a fiver in the post for that or not? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe two pound fifty. Uh, <laughs> have to wait and see. So, what are you guys fancying for this uh, for this Eagles Jags game? Well, the line's three and a half points. Uh, Eagles are three and a half point favourites. Uh, you can back it with us at 25, uh, 26 to 25, actually, so that's not a bad price. Uh, the over-under's 43 points. Look, the Jags' offence of recent weeks has been beyond very poor. Um, the defensive line's struggling to protect balls, so it's not completely his fault. Uh, and uh, look, the way to beat the Eagles is to attack their secondary, and I'm not sure Baltles is capable of doing that in his current form. That said, he's got a very good record in London, but... Uh, doesn't mean a lot. Uh, Eagles have lost Derek Barnett, but I still think they've got a strong defensive line. Uh, Wentz is playing, you know, he's playing very well, actually. He's got a pass rating of 120 over the last three weeks. And they should have beaten the Panthers, and they did exactly the same as what they did against the Titans, didn't they? They were like 17 up in the fourth quarter, and then they, they, they take their foot off the gas and, and let the opposition in. But I don't think if the Jags are in that position, they are capable of closing the gap. Um so uh, oh, Jags are down a little bit defensively shorthanded as well AJ Boye's out um, Jalen Ramsey should cover Jeffrey but that leaves uh, Aglahor and uh, Ertz I can never say his name properly um, they should have a field day uh, and the Eagles offensive line should hold up and so I will be taking if I had to pick on the spread Philly 3.5 but the one that I like would be under 43 points which is 10 to 11 with us as I said Nice, great stuff. Uh, moving on to the early evening TV game. There are some real crackers uh, for us this weekend, and it's going to be Ravens at Panthers. I don't even know what the line is right in this moment, and I'm still taking the under. Uh, you're my sort of client. Yeah, you can definitely have, you can have three or four accounts, but you can't actually do that because that's against uh, that's against regulation. But yes, uh, the line is two and a half points uh, over under. So um, Ravens are two and a half point favourites. Now the line started with the Panthers being one point favourites, so it shows you that money's moved that and opinions changed somewhat. The total points line is forty four. Um, so you know, I mean, I think this is a great game, isn't it? The Ravens. They, they were sort of beaten at their own game last week against the Saints, weren't they? Because, you know, the Saints just constantly ran the ball, chewed the, clue up, uh, chewed the clue up, chewed the clock up, and uh, sort of negated the impact of that secondary. So um, I think Carolina are going to try and do the same. Uh, and, you know, they showed a lot of heart in their comeback against Philly, didn't they? But their offensive line was completely dominated by Philly early on, uh, and Cam Newton's going to need to be flawless, I think, to beat this Ravens team. We're going to look to bounce back. Um and you know the thing about the Ravens defence they played very well up until the fourth quarter and only limited this New Orleans team to seven points now part of that was the way New Orleans was playing chewing the clock up but you know New Orleans were averaging I think 34 points a game coming into that so it says how good the Ravens defence is so Cam Newton's going to have to work hard Flacco's playing well on the other side um, and he's got a good offensive line and he's got a good cast of uh, receivers so uh, you know, I would be backing the Ravens minus two and a half. If it goes above three, I would leave it alone. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a tight, low-scoring game, but I do like the uh, the Ravens in this one as well. Uh, Packers at Rams. Now, the Rams opening up as huge favourites in this one. Yeah, I I I, I, I know for a fact because uh, I was told by one of our traders, and I passed it on to you that. Um, uh, 
Aaron Rodgers has never been such a big underdog in any NFL game. He was nine and a half points at one at one stage. The Lions come down now to eight and a half points. There's still a big line to back Aaron Rodgers at. So, you know, I would be, despite the Rams being as fantastic as we know they are, um, I still think that the Packers offensive line is good enough to hold the Rams at bay and give Rodgers a nice pocket and he should be able to find success against the Rams secondary which is missing Talib. Um whether Green Bay can stop the Rams offense I don't think any of us think that I mean and if you look at what uh, CJ Bethard done uh, done CJ Bethard did my mum always <laughs> turned me off for that one uh, <laughs> when he went nuts against the uh, Packers two weeks ago I, I think that the offense of the Rams will do the same but I think you know anything above eight points with Aaron Rodgers he's always got a, a backdoor cover or a garbage time uh, touchdown in him hasn't he so I would be on the Aaron Rodgers train and watch it smash me in the face uh, brilliant perfect <laughs> uh, and uh, finally on the Sunday and you know I was just saying about there were some barnstormers uh, going through the rest of the evening this the Minneapolis miracle the replay what's eight nine months later uh, and a, a chance for the Saints to get some revenge on the Vikings but uh, I've seen a lot of people favouring the Vikings at home for this yeah, I mean, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not big on revenge, but the Vikings went into Philly and avenged himself. Uh, and personally, I think the Saints are going to do the same this week. I know you quite like the Vikings. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I think the Saints will be very motivated going into in there. Um, and there's the absence of Xavier Rhodes and Anthony Barr, who excel in, in pass coverage. Uh, Saints rank the first pass efficiency and many just don't have the personnel to defend Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara in space so I think that the Saints are going to be able to score Cousins is playing well but he's playing well behind a poor offensive line Thielen and Diggs I think that's the best receiving tandem in the league right now so I think the Saints who are good against the run they're pretty poor against the pass so that's going to keep Mini in the game but I would still have Saints to win and if I was to pack anything I'll probably go over the points here, over 52.5. It goes to 53.5, I wouldn't go for it. But at the moment, over 52.5, I like that as my bet in this game. Overs tend to be a decent bet whenever the Saints are involved, to be fair. Uh, and oh, th- look at that. That's my, that's my alarm telling me that you're going to call me. Hang on. <laughs> uh, don't think I'm editing that out, mate. Uh, that's all staying uh, leaving in. leaving that in, are we? Yeah, that's, my, <laughs> that's my alarm saying that Will's going to call me for, for the Gridiron podcast. Because you knew... Because you knew it was going to be at least 10 minutes late normally. I was on time today, so what a surprise. Uh, yeah. uh, finally, on uh, on Monday Night Football, the Patriots go to the Bills. Uh, it's a tough place to go, Buffalo. Uh, the Chargers came out of there with a win, but a hard-fought win. Uh, the Titans went there and, and had a shock loss, only one of two Buffalo wins on the season. You know, it's not a talented Bills team, but it's... It is a tough place to go. The Patriots don't have the most amazing record against the spread there. So I'm interested to see what the points line is. And just maybe I might be convinced into taking the Bills if it's a high enough line. It's a high line. It's 13 points. But, you know, I stay up late and watch most games, uh, much to the displeasure of my wife. Um, But I will not be staying up to watch this game, to be quite honest with you. It (laughs) is a stinker. Um, You know, I think the Bills will probably keep it close for the first half, but the Patriots are going to pull away in the second half. Whether they're going to cover a 13-point spread, you wouldn't find me backing that. So I'd probably... The... the, um, 
the total points is 44 points. If I had to have a bet in the game, I'd go for that. Uh, Bill Belichick always likes to beat a team up. He's, he's just such a bully that he won't take his foot off the gas. So you can see the Patriots putting up 30 points. Your only, your only worry is have, uh, have, have the Bills got 14 points in them. But yeah, I, that's the bet I would go. If you're going to stay up for that game, you want it to be a bit of a shootout. Otherwise, you're probably suffering from insomnia or something like that. Or getting paid to stay up like you do. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm paid to host on radio and pretend like I'm not watching the NFL, but really have it on in the background because we don't carry the Monday night football game. Uh, brilliant stuff, Warren. As always, really appreciate your time, uh, Warren. Uh, do, of course, remember, uh, head to redzonesports.bet. Terms and conditions there. The latest odds, of course, over 18s only. And please do gamble responsibly.